Hello, travellers, and welcome to podcast 120 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder, fresh from a summer weekend, cycling across the sunlit uplands of East Kent on my way to Dover. Well, look, we've had uh, a a good complement of uh, French border immigration officers turn up this morning. So uh, the booths are manned, but we are still trying to clear the significant backlog that arose from yesterday's challenges. Ha ha, no prizes for guessing what that was about. The latest chapter in UK travel. How not to get anywhere fast at Dover Ferry Port. And I'll be reliving my experiences soon. First, though, the results are now in after the final two candidates for our top UK City for Travellers. And thank you so much for the many hundreds of votes. Yes, thanks indeed. And uh, in second place, with 21% of the vote, was uh, was my own um, preferred candidate, Bristol. Well, in first place, with 46%, it was mine, Edinburgh. Just in time for um, uh, the greatest show on earth, uh, the uh, Edinburgh Festival, which starts in, when is it exactly, Simon? Oh, uh, that well, the festival, the fringe, it basically just dominates the whole of August. Unless you are performing or in the audience, it's a really good time not to be in Edinburgh. Well, I'm not going because uh, although I like uh, fringe events, I don't like crowds. Anyway, if we add up all the votes, it means that uh, one in three of uh, people who submitted their choices uh, felt that they preferred a different contender. Indeed. And first out of the blocks was Ben Bradshaw, who said Exeter, better than both Bristol and Edinburgh, has lots to do and see and easier access to beautiful coasts and beaches in the heat. I need to point out that Ben Bradshaw is MP for Exeter, although I'm sure that's not a factor in his assertion that Exeter is the finest city in the UK for travellers. Well, fair play to him for uh, standing up for his constituency anyway. um, There was also a huge amount of support for York, with Let's Go Storm praising its beautiful shady streets, the Minster. And it's fabulous history. Gemma Price was one of many who said go west, specifically to St David in Pembrokeshire. You have the most beautiful coastline to walk, as pretty as Cornwall, if not better, and quieter. And Ollie Brown adds it's got a stunning cathedral with an amazing choir. The coastal walks are amazing. The small shops and lovely pubs are a delight. And if you go in autumn, it's almost deserted. Heaven. Although, because it is so small, I suspect that accommodation on site might be a bit limited, don't you think, Simon? Uh, I, I should think so. Um, however, if you follow Ollie's advice and go in autumn, I, I, I think you could have a, a lovely time. Although, um, I don't believe it has some of the other assets of uh, our bigger cities, such as an underground railway and um, a thriving theatre scene. I could well be wrong, though. I shall go and investigate. (laughs) Well, one that does have some of these things is uh, Liverpool, and Uncle Ho has recommended it as the best waterfront city in the UK by miles. There's the beach at Crosby with statues and the beach at New Brighton. What, what, what are the statues? Do you know? Uh, yes, I do. This is an Anthony Gormley uh, uh, construction oh, right. uh, of, um, I believe, uh, life-size figures um, wandering into the sea. I've not yet been to Crosby. I've not yet been to uh, uh, 
Southport either, the other great resort in that part of the world. But I have been to the beach at New Brighton, which is across, linked by the world famous Mersey Ferry in Birkenhead. Sorry, on the Wirral um, main town, Birkenhead. Well, Uncle Ho does actually mention the world-famous ferry, and he also says if it's too hot outside, there's loads of museums, art galleries, cathedrals, free stuff, which we, of course, like. Uh, yes, John Ellison praises another of the uh, finalists. Um, this was very high up on my list. Newcastle upon time. Fantastic place to live, fantastic place to party, fantastic place to shop. Um, I will just add that uh, it is a fantastic place to party, which is why um, the only train in the uh, LNER schedule on which alcohol is banned is the 8.52 on a Friday morning from Aberdeen to Newcastle. It's a fact. <laughs> anyway, Juliet Harris said somewhere perhaps more genteel, Cambridge, much better than Edinburgh or Bristol, in my opinion. And I spent last weekend there and a, a, a gorgeous uh, city where I had a thoroughly uh, interesting and rewarding time as a tourist. First time I've probably been as a tourist there. What, what, what was the highlight then for you? Undoubtedly, the Polar Museum at the Scott Polar Research Institute, where effectively you go on a voyage of discovery to the Arctic and the Antarctic and you discover just how challenging and miraculous and brave uh, this the, the, the Arctic and Antarctic uh, exploration was. And there's... Um, Sorry, can I just interrupt? Do they do they turn up the air con? Um. <laughs> uh, no, they don't. Um, but but uh, it's it, it, there is a really strong scientific aspect to it. But it's also engrossing for anybody who who uh, is wanting to find out more about the legends and indeed the reality of polar exploration. Well, let's get on to the most uh, recent events uh, in. Uh, travel news i suppose we'd have to call it and uh, your trip to dover uh, now i don't think that is a city but uh, it does have a decent castle some good cliffs and uh, and uh, more recently some of the mightiest traffic jams that uh, we've seen in the uk for a long time they certainly are people stuck for six seven twelve thirteen hours waiting to get either to the euro tunnel uh, terminal at Folkestone to get to Calais or to the port of Dover to get to Calais or Dunkirk. And given the gridlock um, that it became clear on Friday that people were experiencing on the busiest weekend since 2019, and the boss of uh, uh, the port of Dover assured me that was the case i took my bicycle because the one thing i know is that whatever the traffic jam you can almost always get past it on a bike so uh, i had the most gorgeous start to saturday um the if you I stayed in overnight in the um, vast and unusual Grand Burstin Hotel on the seafront of Folkestone. Um, and this is an interesting, uh, I'd say, 1970s relic. Um, certainly the carpets appear to date, date back from there. Um, anyway, I, I climbed up Dover Hill uh, with my bike. And, and then you get on, if you 
do things right to the old Dover Road, which is a joy. Um, the, the, this ancient um, highway leading across the kind of very lip of the cliffs. And presumably not an articulated lorry inside. Well, not initially, not on the old Dover Road. It was miraculously traffic free. And I was having a lovely time until I got onto the actual A20, where um, three miles of queues of, um, well, the first lorry was Romanian, the second was Lithuanian, then we have Polish, German, Spanish, Portuguese trucks, all backed up, hundreds and hundreds of them. And um, I uh, finally uh, came down the hill, passed all the traffic, all the parked trucks, and um, uh, made my way to the port of Dover. Well, obviously, the the media was out in, um, in force to uh, report on um, the chaos. Uh, what, uh, what were you trying to get out of it in particular? Well, I was really interested, Mick, um, to find exactly what the impact of Brexit is on our travels by ferry, because this was first contact um, ever since we had the um, uh, we um, decided to leave the European Union. Obviously, a perfectly uh, legitimate um, uh, democratic choice, um, but with very, very far-reaching consequences particularly the way the uh, withdrawal agreement was negotiated which basically just said we want to have an eu external frontier in kent please that was what we said and there's quite an entertaining headline in the uh, in the uh, sunday times front page saying uh, french insist on stamping passports no British insist on stamping passports. We asked to be treated as third country nationals. Um, and therefore, instead, and you know, you've got more experience than I have of these things, but my experience has generally been you drive up to the French juxtaposed passport control, which of course is in Kent because um, it makes sense to check everybody there. Um, and you just kind of casually waved your passport. And while we were members of the EU, all the frontier staff could do was was check. Oh, hang on, here's a passport which says Mick Webb. Is this Mick Webb? It does appear to be, and that was all they could do. Now, not only do they need to stamp, they theoretically need to check that you haven't spent more than a hundred uh, than ninety days in the past hundred and eighty days in the European Union. They also need to check you've got enough money for your stay, you've got a return ticket, and you have um, uh, somewhere to stay. Now, they don't do the latter, but there is absolutely no way uh, that, that, that they can avoid um, stamping passports because that is what we insisted upon when we said we wanted to leave in the manner that in which we did. So that takes a long time. I went on for a prowl um, and uh, timed a whole series of cars. Now, if there's a couple of people in the car, it takes about um, 45 seconds. If it's a family of four, a um, minute and a half, uh, the average um that, that uh, the port and indeed Eurotunnel uses, that every car has 3.5 people in it. So you're looking at uh, well over a minute compared with um, perhaps just a few seconds before. And that's why things got bunged up. I heard more from Doug Bannister, who's the chief executive of the Port of Dover. How many people did you manage to uh, handle yesterday and how many have you got today? So about uh, 34,000 passengers uh, transited outbound through the Port of Dover yesterday. That's about 8,500 cars. We're expecting about uh, a little over 10,000 cars uh, today to go through. 
You issued yesterday morning a very, very um, strongly worded statement about how you felt about the uh, French authorities. Um, things presumably have improved, but I guess, given the amount of planning you put into this, um, it was very upsetting to find that things weren't working. I'm so terribly sorry for all the travelers, the truck drivers, and our local communities that got caught up in the severe disruption yesterday. And equally, we still have ongoing challenges today on the roads, as we know. And, and that is really disappointing. We've been planning for the summer season for months. We knew what the resourcing requirements were. We even installed more booths, more capacity to make certain that it could happen okay. And so it, we did feel as though we were let down. But I'm very, very pleased and grateful and relieved that Police All Frontier have provided appropriate manning for this morning. And so is it a matter of clearing the backlog for from yesterday and then getting on with the uh, large number of bookings today? And it's that, that combination that we are going to be working through uh, all day today. A number of people are saying that this is simply an inevitable consequence of Brexit, the fact that um, it might take, uh, instead of a few seconds to process people, um, a minute or two minutes. And that's indeed the case. So since the UK left the European Union, we do now have border checks. Passports need to be checked, they need to be stamped. And so the police off frontier are only doing the job that they need to do right now. And it's the challenge of the increased transaction time. Now that's why we increase the number of posts to be able to handle the overall throughput through the port. We, we just really need to get those posts manned. They're manned this morning. We need to see that carry on through this afternoon, through this evening, into tomorrow, and indeed for the rest of the summer. Well, looking ahead to the rest of the summer, what's your advice for people who are thinking of um, sailing over from Dover? The best advice is to check with your ferry operators. They, they know the, the best situation on the ground. Uh, check our Twitter feeds, indeed check with the media as well. And certainly if you, if you set out for the port at any time, please make certain that you have water and food and entertainment for the kids in the car. Well, I think you did a very good interview with Doug there, who I've heard quite a lot this week um, being asked um, basically the same question over and over again. But um, I must say, listening to that and um, and thinking a bit more about Brexit and taking back control, we weren't told that alongside taking back control was the need to submit to the control of others. Yes, exactly right. But uh, that um, it's very interesting, um, uh, particularly on Sunday morning, reading the press, hearing the uh, um, ministers uh, talking about how this is actually nothing to do with Brexit um, uh, on Broadcasting House with Paddy O'Connell. Mark Spencer, who's the leader of the House, um, now a very senior Conservative, says um, it's very easy to blame Brexit, but we can find a way through this. There's a very obvious solution that you boost the number of people that are in that role, i.e. checking passports. The trouble is there's a very finite amount of space, as I discovered when I was there, because all of this infrastructure was never put in thinking there would be a, 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 an EU frontier there. It's, um, it, it simply doesn't fit. It doesn't work. And so uh, uh, the, the first contact, peak holiday traffic, with the consequences of Brexit, Brexit is that it takes an age to get through. And bear in mind, these, both Dover and Folkestone, are um, a pair of giant conveyor belts, basically, to get people, cars, buses, trucks from the UK to continental Europe as efficiently as possible. And unfortunately, if you introduce a wholly new stage, which is the passport stamping bit, uh, then things uh, just just start to unravel very quickly. 
You know, there's one link in the chain which I'm still not at all clear about, which is how the French police aux frontières um, get to work. So do the people who are um, in the booths at Dover actually come to work through the Channel Tunnel? Is that what's supposed to happen? That's exactly right. There was an incident, uh, the nature of which we are not quite sure of, but then, uh, entertainingly, they have to get along the A20 into Dover to get to work where, where there's an endless traffic jam because there aren't enough police or frontier at the port. So it is a wonderful oh, uh, closed system of chaos. Shouldn't they be put up at um, our expense in some um, in a holiday inn somewhere? So that yeah, uh, I, I mean, I can I can spin through the options. I've stayed at them all: the Premier Inn on the seafront, the Travelodge, uh, various B and Bs. But um, they seem to prefer—I can't imagine why—to um, return home at the end of every day and to enjoy uh, a, a pleasant um, dinner with their families. And um, frankly, I can't blame them. Um, but uh, yes, that's that's what they do. And uh, of course, according to the. Um, uh, to, to the two contenders for the Tory uh, leadership and therefore to be Prime Minister. This is absolutely squarely the fault of the French. They are to blame for the effects of Brexit. Well, I'm relieved that the country will soon be in safe hands. But uh, I was quite interested in your reference to happy French families there because one of the things that I most enjoyed about listening to the uh, the coverage, uh, particularly on the BBC, was the number of happy families they managed to dig up who were um, spending six hours in their crowded cars and somehow not um, killing one another. <laughs> uh, because it struck me that... Um, uh, although I know that in-car entertainment is much better than it was in the old days, so you can watch feature films and, and I suppose sort of watch the whole of Breaking Bad on Famille <laughs> if you haven't actually watched it before. Um, uh, just to, I think we do need to say that not all of Breaking Bad would be ideal for, uh, say, eight-year-olds. <laughs> ah, yes, let me think of something else. Ozark. Oh, dear, no. Um, um, <laughs> below well, we're all, we, no. we, we welcome We welcome your your boxed sets suitable for family viewing in uh, places of um, travel chaos. Uh, just um, tweet us as always at you should have BT. Do you think that uh, had you been, and I don't know if you were in in similar circumstances with uh, your two daughters when they were younger, uh, would would <laughs> would they have um, would they have put up with seven hours in a in a hot car with mum and dad? Absolutely no way. And the, the the extraordinary thing is all these parents that we've been hearing on the BBC, um, they and other outlets, of course, um, they seem to have all the wonderful uh, solutions, picture books, quizzes, yeah. sing songs, all this stuff where um, I think um, really at any age, if uh, confronted with a six hour delay, it would have ended very, very messily and not at all well. And um, But did you manage to talk to any of the poor travellers caught up in this uh, this mayhem? Uh, I did, although um, I uh, was not an official visitor to the port of Dover and um, once I started to talk um, uh, to a number of people, I was invited to leave quite speedily. Um, <laughs> so, so, But I did actually uh, track down a lovely lady with a camper van and a dog um, called Joe Washington. She was called Joe Washington. Uh, the dog was called um, Chica, and she was on her way to Spain. 
Um, you're here about a quarter of a mile from the uh, entrance to the port. Um, what, what, what are you doing exactly? We're hoping to travel to France and then from France, hopefully down to Spain and then back again. So for three weeks. And what do you make of the uh, disarray this weekend? Uh, I think yesterday it was an awful lot of panicking. Um, but looking at it today, I don't think it's as bad as what it was yesterday. Um, obviously yesterday did look pretty dreary, but today it looks okay. If you look, you can see traffic is moving. It's starting to back up a little bit, but yeah, we're not sailing until 12 o'clock. So hopefully we're gonna be early enough and get on a ferry. So yeah, we should be lucky enough. Uh, you've also got a lovely dog. Who, who is she? That's Chica the Pug. Chica. And, uh, that must make things just a slightly, slightly complicated. Um, no, not really, because um, now obviously because we're not in Brexit, you have to have an animal health certificate. Um, so that was a bit stressful getting that and obviously how much it costs nowadays. Um, but hopefully once we get over to Spain, then we'll get our Spanish passport. So we'll come back with a Spanish passport. Can you get one for you as well? <laughs> I lived in Spain for eight years, so um, yes. <laughs> um, a lot of people are saying, well, this is a kind of inevitable consequence of Brexit and what we asked for. Do, what, what would you say to that? I think, yes, we did ask for it. Uh, most of the people obviously wanted it because that's what we voted for. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think the government know what they're doing at the moment, to be totally honest with you. It would be lovely to say that, you know, there is, we know the outcome of England at the moment, but we don't. We're in such uncertainty, you know, with energy rising, um, fuel, um, even the infrastructure, it can't take the amount of traffic that we've got nowadays. And I think the government need to pull their finger out a little bit. Um, quicker Boris Johnson goes, the better, I think. Am I allowed to say that? Um, but no, it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? You know, uh, we have to put up with it. Um, and that's what the British do. They put up with things. Um, it's just a shame because it's such a beautiful country and there's so many beautiful things to see in this country. Um, but it's so expensive, you know. We've booked five nights already in a campsite that's got everything there for us, including swimming pools, indoor, outdoor swimming pools. And for the amount of money we've paid, here we would have paid quadruple that, you know, and so that's why people are drawn to go abroad, you know, and especially with children. You can't afford to do things in this country if you've got children. So maybe the country just needs a huge big kick just to say, you know, let's sort this out for everybody. Well, good for Joe and Chica, and um, I hope that they're well on their way to Spain by now. Uh, Mick, I happen to know that you have many, many times taken the family across to continental Europe, so I would love your experience over the decades. Are you a, a Eurotunnel shuttle or a um, ferry from Dover man? Well, I must say that just for pure convenience's sake, the last few times I've uh, been um, across the channel, I've actually been under the channel and, and gone by uh, by Eurotunnel. But I still cherish the memory of my early crossings uh, on, on the uh, on on the roll on roll off ferries, which at the time I suppose when I first went were extremely dangerous, though I didn't realise <laughs> it at the time. But the, just the sheer um, the sheer romance of of uh, of casting off and leaving uh, Britain behind and looking back and seeing the uh, the old white cliffs, which are quite 
grimy close up, aren't they? But uh, disappearing behind mm. you and the seagulls uh, following the wake of the boat and the wind and the thought that maybe the bar will be opening soon. And it's just absolutely wonderful. And of course, I certainly, because I studied modern languages, um, was very keen on uh, uh, French culture. And, and for me, the kind of romantic attraction of France in every possible way was equaled by the delight of um, getting away from uh, from suburban southern England where I uh, lived my uh, youthful days and then later I went by car uh, en famille for camping trips and uh, it was still really exciting I, I, I even enjoyed the uh, waiting in the uh, car park at the ferry terminal and trying desperately um, against the clock to put on the uh, uh, headlight converters that you needed for <laughs> traveling in France and the, the little sticky thing on the back saying uh, GB. Or UK, as it must now be, of course. And uh, this is leading to some quite entertaining uh, experiences in France because uh, a number of people have been mistaken for Ukrainians <laughs> and lauded <laughs> as, uh, as, as um, heroes. Um, but uh, unfortunately, they then discover, no, it's because the British government decided that they wanted UK, not GB, on the back of cars but it's so interesting to hear about your little rituals mick because this is this takes me back to talking to gene mcneil about psychogeography and the whole idea of kind of casting off and much more important to do that on the ferry as as the uk recedes and as a new world begins i think she would uh, agree rather than just getting onto the shuttle and kind of sitting in what's basically a glorified garden shed for 35 minutes and saying oh look now we're in france yeah, I think so. And also the actual journey, although it was only a couple of hours uh, from where I've uh, lived for a long time in South London to um, a ferry port, was always um, fraught with um, with danger and, and stress, partly because the cars that uh, we went in that I owned at the time were extremely unreliable. And um, we had several uh, incidents on the way to the ferry port, uh, a punctured oh, tyre, uh, ironically outside Gatwick Airport when we were supposed to be going by ferry, where we spent ages <laughs> watching people flying off on holiday while trying to get the AA out because I couldn't get the alloy wheel off the car that I had. It, it kind of fused on the <laughs> on the bolts and they and it needed some specialist equipment to get it off. Um, and uh, and then an exhaust pipe fell off once. Um, but it was all very exciting and I think um, part of the holiday experience. Oh, quite right too. And look, we are very, very keen on hearing from your experiences of ferries, of shuttles, of um, leaving by terrestrial means. Um, and please, of course, get in touch. You know the ways. It's a, a tweet to at you should have BT. Or, of course, you can leave an audio message for us at anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. Can I just bring you a tweet which has just appeared uh, while we've been talking? Uh, this is from, um, uh, or oh, it's being drawn to my attention from Florence, so tweets us uh, at LoxyFlow. Um, and, uh, well, I'm so sorry about this, everybody. When Simon Calder's trending, your holiday is over. The queues are never ending and you see too much of Dover. Oh, very good and uh, worthy of a travel award in its own right, I reckon. But um, next week, we hope to bring you a guest.
a mystery guest for the moment. But until then, from me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>